Field of 12 After Dark, not Field of Dark, Field of 12 After Dark, uh, brought to you by Field of 12, uh, the college football show where we're talking everything going on in the country with this wild sport. And we got a lot of things to cover, a lot of ground to cover. I'm your host, Michael Felder. Uh, we're powered by Bet Rivers, and you can find us on the Sears XM app. Uh, we're live via YouTube and Twitter. Uh, and if you got a couple, we got a couple of superstars joining us on Field of 12 After Dark. Uh, I'm going to kick it off with you, the coach, our coach. Kevin Sumlin, you know him from AM, Houston, Arizona. Big things with Field of 12 as an analyst, one of Purdue's finest. Coach, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're doing all right. And uh, uh, also joining us, Trevor Knight, former Oklahoma and AM quarterback, Field of 12 analyst. Trevor, what's up? I, I'm doing great, Michael. Thanks for asking. I would not be here today if it wasn't for my head coach, Coach Kevin Sumlin. It's an absolute honor to be in the presence of greatness. Hey, you, you don't need all that. We're not playing today. We're not trying to get it. Hey, coach. Started anyway. So. Coach, put me on the field. Just put me on the field, please. Listen, I'm excited. I, listen, getting you guys together, this is going to be really fun. Um, if you want to check out the merch store, make sure you check out uh, fieldof68.shop, and you can find a bunch of merch for the Field of 12 and the Field of 68 uh, if college hoops is a little bit more your thing. I'm going to say this. We got a show that's packed to the gills, and we're going to deliver because we've got an hour to get through it all, but let's get into it. Um, before we dive deep into everything that we have, because we got to talk about the thrilling finishes from week four, coaching decisions from week four, top 10 struggles. We got to talk about coaching carousel and so much more, but let's get to our toast of the night. I'm going to kick it off with Trevor. What do you all got? Right. Toast of the night, guys. I am. It is midweek here. I'm, I'm sipping on some nice water. Um, I don't have my whiskey with me tonight, but it does the job. I'm going to take it to a place that we will talk about tonight. Uh, we'll talk about more what happens on the field, but I'm going to go with Neyland Stadium. They checkered out the crowd. Yes. I had the opportunity to play in Neyland in my career. Played against Tennessee three times, but in Neyland once. That is one of the greatest atmospheres to ever play a college football game with the checkered Rocky top going. It was obviously a, a thrilling matchup with Florida that we'll get to, but Neyland stadium and that Tennessee crowd. Cheers to you tonight. Boom. I dig it. Boom. Mm -hmm. Coach Sumlin, what do you got? Well, you know, I thought I had a couple here because I thought for sure somebody would, would, would jump on this, but. My toast goes to Lance Leopold, right? Just because, yeah. I mean, let's be honest, I don't want to disrespect his work or disrespect the program, but what he's done for them to be in a national spotlight game, right, last week and deliver uh, is amazing. You know, they're 4-0. They haven't, I saw a stat after the game, Kansas has won four games only they haven't won more than four games since 2009. Uh -huh. Right. So now they're four and oh, and they're favored. They got, they're in the driver's seat in the big 12, if they can keep, keep this thing rolling. So, uh, you know, Lance has, he's done a, a, a fab, fabulous job wherever he's been. And, you know, the way they're playing, you know, they're, they're going to be, they're going to be a tough out to, to, to not want to get to the championship. Well, Lance let me, before we listen, before we cheers, what does it take as a coach 
to make sure that your team knows that better than last year isn't good enough? Well, you just have to have in early in this in a, in a tenure, right? You you take over, you change culture, and then you start to recruit your own guys, right? And the guys who have been in that in that place or wherever that situation is, they become the tough guys. Once they start winning, they start to believe, right? The new guys you recruit, they're coming there to win anyway. They they believe in you. Otherwise, you know, you couldn't tell them to come to to this school. It's the guys who are there that, you know, hey, we can be better to get those guys to believe. So, you know, he's done that wherever he's been. He's been around the block. Everybody looks at him uh, as where's this guy come from? He's he's 58 years old. Right. So he's he's been doing this for a long time. He knows what he's doing. And uh, that product shows up on Saturday. All right. Cheers to that. Cheers. I'm actually going to give mine to um, Nathaniel Pete, um, Missouri running back, who had a touchdown in his hands and just couldn't quite grip the ball. And I'm sure that people are rag- like everyone's ragging him on social media, and you can't believe that it happens. But I just want that young man to know that accidents happen, and you just what you have to do is come back and be better to be better today than you were yesterday. So I just want him to, I hope he doesn't, I hope he doesn't get the like negative feedback from social media and from people on campus and from the media. I don't want him to have that. So I'm cheersing to him because I want him to come back stronger than he was the day before, because that's a tough play when you had it in your hand and you couldn't quite get it done. And I just want him to know that, I'm not here to make a joke about you. I'm here to say that, hey, man, football's hard, and sometimes things don't go your way, but you come back stronger tomorrow. You come back stronger tomorrow than you were today. Mm-hmm. All right, let's we got let's get into it. Let's talk Tennessee, Florida. Um, we're gonna start with the thrilling finishes from week from from week four. Tennessee, Florida. Um. Trevor, which team impressed you more, Tennessee or Florida? I got to go with Tennessee. Um, I thought there was really bright spots on both of these ball clubs. But Tennessee at home, obviously you've got the home field advantage, but at home they found a way to win. This is obviously a big-time rivalry game. Yeah. um, Between they've lost a lot. That's right. Against, you know, two head coaches that haven't necessarily been there for a while. Obviously – down at Florida, year one, Billy Napier, Josh Heupel starting to build a culture there at Tennessee. Um, I got the opportunity to be around Coach Hype a, a lot my first three years of college. Thank the world of him. Um, but it was really neat to see the way that they just kept battling and battling and battling and using everything that they could to their advantage to come out with not a little win. That's a huge win in conference. So I was impressed with Tennessee, and we will see – uh, if they can ride some of that confidence, that winning confidence here uh, as they as they go through the East, uh, Coach Sumlin, what do you what do you think? You you come up more impressed with Florida pushing the ball down the field vertically, which they hadn't done in previous games, or with Tennessee being able to get the job done and finally close the door? I, I'm more impressed with with Tennessee because you know everybody wants to talk about you know, well every game's different, every year's different, right? But if you come into that game. Tennessee has not had the success against Florida yeah. that, 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 that their fans want, 
right? So there's added pressure. I don't care what anybody says. The yep. last year does matter. And it's not more than a year, decades, right? Even back yep. to Peyton Manning, right? And then the Coach Spurrier making jokes about Tennessee in the offseason, right? It's been going on for years. But, uh, you know, I was more impressed with, with Tennessee, like Trevor said, because to close that out and in, in a situation like that, uh, on national TV, big time stage, I, you know, I, two things I, I, I took from, right. I, I took it, that Josh Heupel almost got my, he almost got my, my toast this week because that's a tough situation. It, it, it just is. It's a great place. It's a great atmosphere. They just haven't been able to get over the hump. The other point that, that, that Trevor brought up, it, if you're in the SEC, whatever league, but in the SEC East or, or West, a division win is like a game and a half, right? So if there's a tiebreaker in the end, right? If whatever happens with Georgia happens with Georgia. Whatever happens with Kentucky happens there. But you got another step on that deal. So that was a huge game for Tennessee. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a huge game because now Tennessee, at, at the, the reality of it is, is Florida's already lost to Kentucky and to Tennessee. That's right. Which means you said a game. And a, so they got to they climb three games up. That's exactly right. To get to where they want to be. Let's, you know what? Tell you something. Give me, give me a quick hit on Anthony Richardson. And then I want you to talk about Hendon Hooker because I think he might be a guy that's emerging as a Heisman candidate. But were you surprised seeing Anthony Richardson throw the ball, push it vertically more? I, I was. I was. I mean, because, you know, I, we all know, we all know what kind of talent he is, right? Sure. That, that, that's, he's one of the most talented quarterbacks in the country with his legs, with everything he can do. Uh, to see what he did uh, in the passing game was, was you know, he's taken a step. But again, in games like that that become that close, quarterback play usually is the difference in the game. Not the last play of the game, but to, to, to go ahead and win it. And, I, you know, I think after, after Saturday, you can honestly put Hendon Hooker in, in the Heisman Trophy race. I mean, up there pretty hot now. I, I mean, he's he's emerged in a big game is, is a guy that can do that. He's got to put another one or two of those together to get there. But I I, I he think he's legitimately a, a candidate for the Heisman. Trevor? Agreed there. I, I think an interesting stat with this game that you see every so often, but um, not necessarily in a game like this, the quarterback on both teams – was obviously the, the leading passer, but they were also the leading rusher in the yeah. football game. It, incredible. It speaks a lot of the athleticism of these two quarterbacks, and, and, and it's very apparent. Coach, you mentioned it. Anthony Richardson is a freak of nature. Now, if, if I was coaching him and I haven't been around him, I don't know how he responds to uh, the playbook and, and the game plan and how he prepares throughout the week, but to me, he looks a little overwhelmed. I don't know if they're put, trying to put in too much. He's still technically a younger guy. Uh, I would say, man, this guy's got all the tools. Let's dumb it down a little bit. Not a lot. And this isn't a knock on Anthony Richardson. This is just saying, hey, I want you to use your athletic ability 100% and not have to think so much. I just, it looks to me like he's thinking a little bit much out there. And that's why we're seeing a, a little bit of inconsistent play. Now, Hinden Hooker. Josh Heupel has found a way to make this guy confident, make big plays with his arm, make big plays with his feet. He is a weapon 
on that offense and uh, and every defense that they go up against to this point and certainly now throughout the rest of the season is going to have to circle him through every single practice on how do we stop this guy through the air, on the ground, across the board. All right, so Trevor, I'm going to throw this right back at you. And Coach Summon, I want you to get back in as well. I was talking to Clint Sterner and, and talking to Christian Hackenberg. Uh, on Saturday, I believe Monday, Saturday. I, I can't. The days all get confused. But here's the reality. I was talking to them. They said they love that Tennessee forces you to declare with those wide splits. They make the defense declare, which they think makes things easier for Hendon Hooker. Florida keeps things tight in and tries to confuse the defense. Napier likes to he tries to confuse the defense. But Richardson still has to process what they're doing because they're not, he's not, he doesn't, are they playing man? Or are they not playing man? I don't know. Like, what are we doing? Where am I going to put the football? Start with you, Trevor, because going from experience and then start with you, coach, going from game plan standpoint, are we going declaration or are we going confusion? Uh, again, I think this is dependent on your quarterback. I was a guy that loved to know what the defense was doing prior to the play so I could remember what we studied that week, remember the look, and then go beat it, right? Now, don't get me wrong. I, I could dissect a few things here or there, but I was a much better player when I was free and easy from the mind. It was spread out. They declared, like you said, and, and I could just go attack that defense. There are quarterbacks out there and really good ones hey, let's muddy everything up. Let's confuse them. And I'm just going to find the hole because I've got great eyes. I've got a better understanding of the game of football. I studied harder than you. And that's just the way that my mind works. And so I think as a coach, going back to the coaching side of things, right. um, you've got to figure out who your signal caller is right. and how that works. That being said, you're going to be asked as a college football quarterback and certainly at the next level to be able to do a little bit of both of those things, sure. right? Hey, let's spread it out on a couple plays. They're going to show their hand and let's go beat it. But now let's get some motions in. Let's stay in the same personnel and switch up formations. Let's do some things that confuse them. And I'm going to ask of you to read this out and find the open hole. So, you know, I, I was more of the, hey, show your hand guy, but it's got to be a little bit of both. Coach? Yeah, I, you know, there's there's no two guys alike, right? Um, it, every year and every week, it, we, people want to compare quarterbacks. Well, systems are different. And then yeah. I think to Trevor's point, you know, as a coach, you're trying to find the best matchup for your, your quarterback, the best the best offense to give him the best chance to be successful because he's successful, the team's successful. So, yes. you know, I, I don't, I don't know. It just looks to me, and I agree with you. It just looks to me like Anthony Richardson. And that was the knock last year, right? Has he, is he getting any better? Well, something, well, it's hard because he's got a new coach, right? So right. You know, you've got different systems. He, he's, 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 he's still young in that process. And I think that shows the other, you go back, and and hype is the they they were number seven in the country. Tennessee was last year yep. in offense on total offense. So you know the, the system there it, it works. And I think right now what you see is Hen and Hooker feeling I mean feeling really really comfortable in in uh, in in that offense in Tennessee. Right. No, I think he's super comfortable as well. Um, 
and I'll, I'll say this, and I will every time I talk about Tennessee, I will say this: the way that their receivers react to catching a pass, it's not them standing up and going first down. It's them standing up and going, "Where's the referee? Here's the ball. I got to go get lined up." These guys are they they are part of the machine, and I think they deserve the credit as well. Um, I'm gonna you guys give me give me I honestly give me one word. Can Tennessee cha- challenge Georgia in the East? Trevor? Absolutely. No. I'm saying no. I'm saying no. Yeah. Tennessee, and here's why. I'll give my can I give my reason why or are we just sticking to one word? No, no, come on, give it to me. All right. I I think that Tennessee is a great ball club. I can't have the confidence in Tennessee going and making a run through this very difficult SEC East schedule because they haven't done it over the last decade. They've always went, I've always got to play them early on in the year. This is dating back to when I was playing. They were number, coach, when we played against them, I think they were number nine in the country and then they ended up unranked, right? And it's so on and so forth. They win a few games, they show some bright spots and, and then they fall off. So I don't have the confidence in them there. That being said, this year's Tennessee team, the quarterback they have, maybe a little bit more on the bone there, but they've got to go and play Alabama. They host Alabama before yeah. they get to Georgia, which is a tough team to have to go play on the west side of your bracket. They play LSU also before that. And they have is to LSU play. good? They're not, but they're at LSU. That's a tough place to play. Hard. It's hard. They're going to get banged up. And then the other team, the week before they play uh, Georgia – They've got to play ten, uh, Kentucky. Kentucky, yeah. And so, like, they're going to – if they're battle-tested and they can get through those, all right, we'll have a different conversation. But they've got a lot to worry about before they get to that that Georgia game. And I just think Georgia is on a fast-track back to the na- national championship game. Um, and I don't – I know it can be close, but I, I think they're, they're certainly the top dog in the East. We're going to – Coach, your response, because we're going to talk Georgia a little gonna, bit. I was going to tell him, Trevor, you're right, and that's the, that's what I was talking about about how big that game was for them. Now, what can they can they follow it up? And my answer would be, yeah, they played them. They were like ninth in the country. They fell apart, but that's why they've gone through three, four coaches since then, too, right? So, you know, maybe this is the best fit for them because the the Tennessee I saw Saturday was mm-hmm. one that played with confidence, one that played with no nonsense, right? Composure. And, and I mean, now they haven't done it. They haven't done it consistent, consistent, consistently. And, 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 you know, that, that schedule is a gauntlet. Their crossover opponents make it difficult, make it real difficult. Yes. Isn't it crazy as, as fans, as analysts, uh, even, even as players, coaches, universities, if, if Tennessee were to lose that game against Florida, yep. we now look at the rest of the schedule and go, oh, no. They're in for a beatdown. But because they win that game, now it's like, oh, they might, they, they, they kind of got a shot. They, they're going to go up against these guys. Right. Like, it's it's crazy how just that fine line, one game, same schedule ahead of them. We did the same thing to start the season with Florida and Utah. That's right. That's right. And I, I look at Utah, like, who would you rather be right now? Would you rather be Florida or would you rather be Utah? Utah. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, three weeks ago, we were talking about, oh, my goodness, we're looking at A&M. They're going to, you know, what's going on? And here comes Miami. 
Miami, they get by. Miami loses two in a row, right? Yeah. To and, in and, the middle. And then now wins on a, on a field goal that bounces off. And they're like, whew, right? They get through Ooh. that. But, but you know, we're, we're do this every year early in the season. Just let, let them play. Yeah. Let them play. I think that's a great thing. And, and speaking of let them play, obviously everybody, everybody got super hyped about Texas almost beating Alabama. And what does that mean? And then Texas Tech, they go, Texas has to go all the way. They got to go to Lubbock. They play Texas Tech. Texas Tech finishes the drill against them. They get the win. And Texas fans are already up in arms. Like, how can you, how do you, how do we sort this out? Uh, Because they had a double digit lead. And so does this say more about Texas or does it say more about Texas Tech? I I think it says something about both of them, right? Because uh, you've got a a situation at at Texas, just like we're talking about. Right. Until they can get over the hump. Right. Yep. And, and and let's just be honest. Right. The 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 you know the, the Texas fan can't understand how how they can lose to Iowa State or how they can lose to to, to Kansas State Kansas or State. Texas like Tech Oklahoma or can't understand that either. Right. Right. That's just the way it is. But but for Texas right now, I mean, it, it is how they handle these next few weeks because it's going to be brutal. I mean, there's still the fans still expect for them to win. These, next, these upcoming games. Even Lubbock, with the quarterback issue. Yeah, it's a quarterback. We just talked about it earlier, right? It's hard to win those kind of games uh, with, 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 without a quarterback that can close it out. And, and they, right. just, they just don't have it right now. And we got, we got obviously, yours is hurt. Card is hurt as well. They're both yeah. hurt. So I think we have to give them a little grace on that. But With an average offensive line. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And being polite. Elder, do we is grace the right word? Do we have to give Texas grace? No. I mean, they're the University of Texas. They should have guys lined up on the depth chart. That's yeah, but you with with how recruiting works, Texas should go to Lubbock every single time and win, and it shouldn't even be close. And that's why I wanted to get to you on this because I like they should because we're going to talk about Oklahoma too, but like what. What should like how much grace should we give them? None. Zero. They have more, they have more resources than anybody in the conference. And for for a decade now, they have they have not found a way to to get it done. A year or two here and there where it was okay. But the University of Texas that I grew up watching, that you guys grew up watching, was dominant was, hey, you're going to expect them to be in the Cotton Bowl every year, you know, back in Southwest Conference days. You're expecting to compete for a Big 12 title every year, so on and so forth. And now it's like, oh, they can't, Coach, you mentioned it, can't get over the hump. Can't get, and, and so I've always said this goes way past a quarterback issue. Um, I don't think it's a head coach issue. I, I think they've got a great head coach in Steve Sarkeesian that's doing really good things down there. I think it is a systemic university donor athletic department issue and and i'm not pointing the finger at one person saying they're all bad people but 
it just hasn't been uh, turned around, and and I don't know what it takes to turn it around. Wait, 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 wait. It says the guy who played at both Oklahoma and a Yes, yeah, screw those guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. No, I'm but I, I would I, maybe I am a little harsh. I, I'm a little <laughs> I, I'm a little biased, but I, I do think that there's a problem. I do think that there's a problem there, and it's apparent in the win and loss column, and that's the most important thing. Um, to touch on the quarterbacks really quickly, I think you guys said it, right? Hudson Card's not the answer to go in and be a championship-winning quarterback. But I'm not so convinced that Quinn Ewers is either. What's the difference between Hudson Card and Cade McNamara? Uh, better culture, better system, more confidence. Not the player, though. It's not the player. It, it may not be. Yeah, exactly. That's, there you go. That's a great point. Um, but but I think that sometimes we try and look at that position and say, hey, we need a savior at the quarterback position for them to be good. And my point is, I, I don't think that let, let's be honest, like Hudson Card is not a Hendon Hooker. Okay. So like that they're up on different playing fields. Sure. That does go that that does have some merit. But I don't think that Quinn Ewers is just light years ahead of Hudson Card either. He's not Trevor Lawrence. Right. He played well in a couple drives against Bama, which gave everybody this confidence in him. But he's still got to go out there week in and week out and prove to me that he is that championship winning quarterback. So I'm just not sold all all, all the way around. You got to remember that it was still a quarterback battle. Up until roughly a week and a half before the first game, bingo. Right? Yeah. So the, the 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 separation. I I was at practice early, and the separation between the two is not that much. And, yep. and Trevor, you know this, and I've said it at first. It's an indicator that there's early. not a gap. Yeah. yeah I mean, no. And but as I've said before, when you have a new quarterback, or it's 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 also on the ten other players who are on the field at the same time. And right now. Texas doesn't have those guys. They got running back, one of the best running backs in the country. Love period. It. Right? But yeah. the whole line is not there. They've got a guy that's a 10, 200-meter guy that's one of the fastest players in the country, but he's 165 pounds. That's what he is. Yes. Right? He'll run right by it, but he ain't going to do anything else. Yep. So, you know, what, what, what do you have? How, how, who are you, even with a quarterback? The mm-hmm. 10 other guys out there uh, are just, with the exception of, of, of Bijan, and, They're and, out there, and and, and the, the really the running back crew. They're solid, but if Rush, I like Roshan, he's great. Yeah, but if, if you don't have an O line, it, it it those guys don't matter, right? If you can't protect them, if you can't block and have those guys get get where they need to be, you know their their O line is 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 light years away. Now maybe the fifty thousand dollars that they gave the recruits from last year from from NIL guarantees. Maybe that's going to help because they signed some pretty good ones, but they're all young. Yep. And, and I think that to to talk a little bit about Texas Tech, because we got to give them some credit here. Yes. Um, the, the Texas defense showed us against the um, reigning Heisman Trophy winner in Alabama that they have what it takes to compete. All right. So allowing 37 points to a Texas Tech ball club that is in turmoil right now, in my opinion, um, is unacceptable. But let's give credit where credit is due. Joey McGuire had a speech in the locker room after this game, and I was ready to run through a brick wall. That guy's a culture driver. Um, that is a guy that will get his players to play for him. Um, they are going to have a, a marginal amount of success 
because he is at the helm and yes. for no other reason than that. Uh, I thought they battled hard. I thought they played harder than Texas. Um, yes. I thought that they wanted it more. Mm-hmm. It is a home game, so sometimes that, that's hard to see, but they just appeared to me as though uh, they had a little bit more in the tank when it came down the stretch. And I get it. You know, Bijan Robinson, maybe one of the greatest players to ever come through Texas, which is saying a lot. Um, it, it, you know, he's – He's the the reason for them losing that game, but he wasn't the reason, right? It was the last play that caused that, but it was a, a multitude of plays throughout that game that caused it. But hats off to Texas Tech. That's a huge program win. Yeah. Coach, something, you ever gave a speech like that where Joey McGuire at the end of the game when he said, I told you, we just keep coming. Well, you got to know. We're, Joey, they'll quit. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason why he won state championships in high school. There's a reason yeah. why. Every major college program came to that high school and he had players playing all over the country. So he grew up in, in, in that state, was a big time high school coach, mm-hmm. understands what the University of Texas represents and put everybody together. And I'm going to tell you something. He was he, he, he knows what he's in the same place mentally. And I was just giving Trevor a hard time. Right. He's in the same place mentally. That Trevor is about the University of Texas. So, I mean, he's had players go there and, and, and all of a sudden transfer. He's had, he's seen guys go there, seen his, his players go. So he understands the University of Texas yeah. as well as anybody. And that belief and that conversation, I guarantee you didn't start on Monday. That no. started way back in the spring. <laughs> and that, that was circled and they couldn't wait for that game to, to, to kick off. I mean, when he, when he said they'll quit, that was, I mean, Trevor, correct me if I'm wrong, but like that, like if your coach comes in at halftime and says, we just got to keep, basically he just said, we got to keep chopping wood and they'll quit. Yep. What does that do for you as a player when you go into the, like you go in at halftime and you're, you're right there. Well, you know, I think that just like in any arena in life, if you've got somebody that's genuine, that walks the walk, that talks the talk, like coach said, all the way back to spring, and he's been drilling this into your head, but he's also been doing it in a way that that instills that confidence, that instills that into your fiber of your bones. Well, now you can look at him when you when it's when it's paying off, and you're seeing success because of all those little steps, all those workouts, all that time put in. Now you can look this guy in his eyes and say, "Okay, I believe you. Yeah. I believe in you. You were right." Thank you for putting me through all of that. And so that just makes you, like I said, want to run through a brick wall for, for somebody like that. And Coach mentioned it. He's been doing this a lot longer than since he's been in Lubbock. He's been doing this to, to young people for a long, long time. And it's, it's just really cool to watch. I'm, I'm a big fan of his. And Michael, right, so- this is just to add to Trevor's point, because he was kind of being nice about, you know, because of his, you know, where he had played football and, and uh, but there's a cultural deal. I, I, I've been at Oklahoma for five years. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter. It didn't matter what the score was. If Texas scored first, it didn't. None of that mattered because the culture in that locker room in Oklahoma, just like last year when they were down, what, three touchdowns? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. No one, no one on that sideline panicked because it's been ingrained in them. You, who are you playing? You're playing Texas. They're going to quit. They're going to screw it up. And and it's gonna that's take scary Sark to hear. It's gonna take Sark a lot 
to, to, to really get over that, right. To get through that. And that, yeah. that that's just, the, that's what those teams and, and that's what guys, that's just the, the, the personality right now in the other locker room is that, Hey, they're going to screw this thing up or they're going to, they're, they're, they're front runs or they're soft. All yeah. that. They've got a lot of things they got to fix. That's that's if you're a Texas fan, that's scary to hear the idea that like, oh, we're known. At least in our league, we're known as quitters. Yeah. We're known we're as guys. <laughs> yeah, like that's scary. So let's let's flip it over. Let's go to Oklahoma, a place that you've been, a place that both of you have been. Lost through the last four to K-State. Because you know what K-State doesn't have any of them? They ain't got no quit in them. No. So do we still view OU as a playoff contender? Where do we put OU in the Big 12 hierarchy with a Baylor team that had a pretty strong outing? Where are we looking at Oklahoma? I'll start here. I, I think Oklahoma still has the opportunity to have all their goals checked off sure. um, ahead of them, right? I mean, there's, there's still an opportunity, but this was a major setback. And, and I'll say – those dang Wildcats up in, in Manhattan, the Little Apple, they've got some grit to them, and they've had Oklahoma's number. I, I played against those guys five times. Yeah. Played against them four at Oklahoma, and then we played them in our bowl game at, when I was at AM. I lost to them three of the five. Ooh. And every team that I was on was more talented than their teams. And we lost to them three out of the – yeah, lost to them three out of the five times I played them. They are a team Why? that comes in. Why? 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 They, they have a phenomenal culture in, in Manhattan, dating back to the Snyder days. I think they, that Chris Kleiman has come in and, and continued that, which is tough to do. Mm-hmm. And um, they are a team that says, hey, we may not be as fast as you. We may not be as talented as you. Our, our city may not be as pretty as yours. Because mm-hmm. Manhattan is not a very pretty place to, to go. <laughs> but we're going to show up and we're going to run cover four. And we're going to spin it down to, to three week, and we're going to we're going to go a little man blitz on you, and we're going to show our hand. We do it every single game, but we're going to play longer and harder than you will. And I'm going to line up against you, even if you kick my butt ten times in a row. I'm going to get back up for time eleven, and I'm truly going to believe that I'm going to beat you. And they just keep coming and coming and coming, and that and that's what a Kansas State Wildcat is nowadays. That is the culture yeah. that they've that they've made there. Now, this game specifically, Adrian Martinez may have had the game of his life. Woo. I mean, that kid was all over the place. But give him credit, but you also got to see the other side of it. I think Brent Venables is losing sleep at night being a defensive guy, giving up almost 50% on third down conversions. Yes. Some of which went for touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, letting a guy like this run all over you. Um, and, and not finding a way to stop him and allowing a team to come to your house and score 41 points and beat you on your own turf. That's tough to swallow. Coach, I, I want to get to you, but I want to, I, Trevor, I want to go back to this. I, just one more thing. What do you think this transition has been like for the defensive players at Oklahoma? When you have a guy that is trying to hold you accountable in a major way, do you think, like, what's the response do you think has been like? I think the response has probably been positive overall. That being said, some things that we really don't talk about much, you've got a guy in Brett Venables that you just expect, hey, this guy's a defensive mastermind. 
he's been probably the best defensive coordinator in college football for multiple years in a row. He's going to come in and the defense is going to be better. Well, that's not how it works. Think about him personally. He's not coming in and just calling the defense. He is trying to figure out how to be a head coach, how to switch over on the headset from just calling the defensive plays and switching over and listening to the offensive guys talking Chinese and the things that they do, right? Yeah. It is, and and managing the game, worried about situations. Coach, you know this better than anybody. You're not just sitting there worried about, you know, your receivers or even your offense. You're worried about it all. And so he can't have as big of an impact, in my opinion, in year one on just that defense. That being said, new system, Guys are going to, some guys are going to respond quickly. They're going to pick it up. Other guys aren't, you know, some of these guys weren't recruited by Brent Venables, so they may not mesh. There are so many different things um, that I think Oklahoma has working against them with a a new defensive coordinator slash head coach that we don't talk about enough. uh, And it it showed up in this one, unfortunately. And that's, which is, you teed me up straight for coach, coach, new guy coming in, a team that everybody expects to be top of the world. How do you think he's feeling? Uh, not very good right now. Let's be honest with you. I mean, that's a home game. But but remember, okay, to, to, to Trevor's point, K-State is one of the few teams, regardless of talent level, whatever, that cares less about an OU on the side on the helmet than any other team in the country. Right. Just, it's what it is, right? That's a great way to put it. Yeah. No, I've, I've been a part all the way back to, to Coach Snyder. So – you know, you go back to that. Remember, where did Bob Stoops coach before that? He was the co-defensive coordinator. Where, where did Brett Venables play? K-State, right. right? So the guys in purple and gray don't care. I mean, I, I with, with Trevor. And we lost to him in a Big 12 championship game and barely got in a national championship game one year. So, you know, it, it's 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 been that way for a long time. And nobody knew that more than Bob Stoops. Nobody knew that more that knows that more than Brett uh, because because they played there or coached there. So, you know, it, it's a tough deal. And, and now when that happens, when that happens, you know, it gives the Iowa States of the world who have, have done it. Yeah. Certainly Kansas right now saying, you know what? Guess what? We got they, a chance. Guess we got it. They're certainly text thinking that now, right? It's it's a different it's a different schedule for OU right now than it was maybe as you said three weeks ago. Even though it's the same teams on paper, mentally there's a different look about uh, across that league about Texas and OU. Agreed. And I'll say this too: when when you look at the stat line of this game, you have to give all the credit to Kansas State. Yes, because oh, I don't think Oklahoma necessarily lost this game, especially no. on the offensive side of the ball. No. Their defense needed to make adjustments. Well, well, if if we were to blame anybody, it would be the defense. But you look at the stat line. I mean, Dylan Gabriel, I thought played phenomenal. Had four touchdowns. They didn't turn the ball over. Eric Gray averaged over seven yards a carry, over a hundred yards rushing the Brandon football. Brandon Wells is going to be a superstar. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they they made a lot of really good plays. They competed hard. It wasn't like they had, you know, two pick sixes or or turn the ball over or any like abysmal plays. They just got outlasted um, and and not outcoached. I don't think they got outcoached. I just think they got outlasted against Kansas State's best football in all three phases of the game. 
Yeah, they they showed up. Kansas State, and that's that's why I I really wanted to get to that because Kansas State they 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 show up, they show up, and you Kansas State, and I think they 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 fit into this realm with a couple other teams, but Kansas State they don't lose football games. You have to beat them. That's a great point. Yeah, and that's a there's a huge difference between this team lost the game and we beat them. And that's a huge difference. So uh, let's go to let's go to a team that did two teams. We got two teams here, and then we're going to talk some coaches. But we have two teams here that did win, but they did struggle. And OU is unfortunately the team that took the L. But we look at Georgia with Kent State, and we talk about Tennessee with the speed and space. And I thought I think Kent State did a lot of those same things to Georgia, forcing them to declare making it easy for the quarterback to decide where things were going and where to put the football. Is that, does that give you calls for concern coach about what, what's going on with Georgia? Does it make you concerned at all? No, I mean, you know, you, we talked about it earlier this year to lose. I don't care who you are, right? You lose seven players on defense. Yeah. In the first round. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Really. You had an NFL team last year, right? So, you can't lose that many guys and have the same level early in the season. Right. And what I saw was they were rotating a lot of guys. On yes. Defense. So they're playing a lot of guys. Just looking at what, what happened in that game, it looked to me like, hey, let's see who's who we're going to go through the rest of the season with on defense, right? And there's some young guys. Finding their dudes. They played a lot of guys. I mean, a lot of guys. And now they've got some experience. I, I don't think – I don't think – I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned. I'm, I'm, you know, Georgia is still one of the top talented teams in the country. They know who they are. They've got, they've got a, a, a quarterback that can get them there, uh, get mm-hmm. them back. To, I like to, him. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's improved so much, so yeah. much since from the last place when he was a young guy and transferred. So he's been, he's, he's got talent, but my point being, I'm not as concerned right now about Georgia as, as some people are because of the number of people and the number of, of young guys and, and new guys that are on the field defensively. Trevor, what do we we do, listen? We got Mizzou, Auburn, Vandy coming up. Like we're not we're not bothered by this, are we? No, we're not. We're not. Um, <laughs> Coach made a great point early on in the year. You got a lot of guys that are expected to step up and and replace dudes that are playing on Sundays and starting on Sundays, right? And it's going to take some time for them to um, to to believe in themselves like that that crew did if they can ever get to that point I thought last year's Georgia's defense was we call them the white walkers it, we may never see a defense like that again I mean it was it was spectacular to watch I think through the first couple of games we've seen that hey next man up these guys are just following in those footsteps that's creating that culture that we've seen at programs that have won a lot of football games the Bamas of the world even even Clemson they're in their their run right and, and even still um I'm not concerned. And, and here's why. Kent State's not a bad football team. And right. Kent State has been battle tested. You know, when they went out against Washington week one, mm-hmm. oh, it's Washington. They're paying us to come here probably, you know, so on and so forth. And, and they got beat pretty good. I think they got beat by 20, 25 points. But then they go to Oklahoma. All right, another huge stadium. This is crazy. And, and you know, we get beat around a little bit. But all right. Now I've gotten hit. I've gotten bunched around a little bit. I'm not going to be quite as nervous. All right. I'm going to go in there and just let it loose. 
in the locker room, in, in the meeting rooms throughout the week, hey, guys, we've already got our teeth kicked in, but you can do this. You've proven on this play and that play and that play that you can right. play with the best in the country. So they come out against Georgia. They got nothing to lose, and, and they play pretty good. Georgia, if it's a game to have a slow start, obviously this is the one. It's Kent State. It's not a, a, a conference rival. They still win by 17, 18, 19 points, whatever it was. I'm not concerned. You can't play perfect every game. I think right. Georgia is still in the driver's seat, not only for the conference, but for the country. Yeah, I, I, I agree with both of you guys. I just – the big thing for me is going to be – it reminds me of a reverse Utah-Florida where it's a style of play that can give you problems. And then obviously Kentucky and Florida turned into a problem. And I'm very curious to see what this looks like if when Tennessee comes to town. Because Tennessee, we, and we already talked about Tennessee versus Georgia and what that looks like. So I don't have to belabor that point. Let's, um, and speaking of a team that plays like Tennessee, the Maryland Terrapins going up against Michigan. They had the game on their racket. Couldn't close it out. So does this make us think more of Maryland, Trevor, or think or think less of Michigan? Where do we fall on this? I think Michigan is as good as they are. I think they're still trying to figure some things out. I mean, sure. you talk about the quarterback position being um, very pivotal in today's day and age in college football, and, and forever for that matter. And um, I know that you know they like JJ McCarthy and. And they started Cade McNamara week one, but everybody said they had that, you know, they, they, they knew they were going to put JJ McCarthy and so on and so forth, all this stuff they were talking about. They still need to solidify, okay, this is our guy. And now he's got to start playing really, really good football for us to be great. Okay. And they have a great culture going there. I, I think, yeah, it's Michigan. So they're going to be in the media. They're going to be talked about, but, for me, Michigan over the last couple of seasons under Harbaugh has been the one that, hey, let's just keep winning, let's keep winning, let's keep winning. Boom, Ohio State week comes along. Let's go beat them and maybe go to the playoff type of deal, right? And um, and so I think Michigan's still got a lot ahead of them. I think they've got to figure a few things out, but I think they are a great football team. We've been given a lot of credit tonight, and I, I will give credit to, to the Maryland Terrapins. Um, to his brother, uh, and, and I don't know how to say it. He's a beast. He's a beast. The, the guy can play some football. I mean, he's he's <laughs> cut from the same cloth, and uh, and and you just love to see the competitive nature in in that family, right? Um, to oh, go dude, out there, when, and, dude. When he scored, when he got that first down, and they ripped his helmet off. Awesome. And he stood up and he was just like, that's what I'm talking about. Love it. That's what we're here to do. And I was like, oh, they're going to win this football game. And obviously they didn't finish the drill, but you that I just wanted to point that out. Like that speaks to what you're talking about, like that competitive nature. And to me with Talia, he is, I saw when I saw the first time I ever saw Tua was in, geez. Coach Summer, when was Tua? What what year is Tua? Uh, he's got to be twenty seventeen, or eighteen. So yeah. I saw I saw him in twenty sixteen in LA mm -hmm. at the at the the opening slash Elite Eleven, and 
Dilfer called him a, um, he said, you're a butcher. We need surgeons. Right. And he went back to the island, psh, tightened everything up. While Tua's tightening everything up to come back, to go back to, to go to um, San Francisco for the next, um, the opening, Talia is going through everything. So Talia doesn't have any of the bad habits that Tua had. <laughs> he doesn't have any of the, oh, right. I'll just be a bulldozer. He doesn't have any of that, which is why he's where he is right now, precise and like just knows what he's doing. And so watching him is really fun because just being around that family is really, I don't know if you guys have been around them, but being around that family is really fun. They're really like, they, there's a level of care that just, it's amazing. So I guess I didn't mean to cut you off, Trevor. Um, I want to get the coach though. Like, what do you, when you watch that game, what did you think? No, I, uh, Talia, I, I was, I was up there. I've been to a Maryland game already this year. Right. Yeah. And uh, he is, I mean, he's a guy that, that uh, I can't say kid anymore as he's playing, but you know, I'm, uh, I've known the family too. So it, it, he is unbelievably accurate. Yeah. He is an unbelievable competitor. Right. And if you ever saw him in person, uh, he's not a very big guy. I mean, no. he just didn't. And, but you know, when he took off and ran and, 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 and he's throwing the ball like that and he's that, that team is feeding off his energy. And, and, you know, they're dangerous. I think what you saw there, uh, you know, I think the question was, is there reason to be concerned about Michigan? Uh, they're, they're probably, they're, obviously, they're the most talented team in the league besides Ohio State, right? But sure. the speed level on that field, there was no differential in speed. Right? Okay, that's, Maryland, that's a great point. Maryland was fast, right? They got let one run get out the gate. But other than that, I mean, it was, there, there wasn't any, uh, you know, just they're, they're bigger and faster than us. That wasn't the case. So, you know, I, I think it says more about uh, about Maryland. I think uh, they, they've got some energy now for the first time. And, and like we've talked about, can they get over the hump? But in a game like that, you know, what are you going to do this week, right? How are you going to follow it back up? Because there's a right. lot of energy expended going to the big house and, 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 and playing. Trevor, how do you, how do you, how do you follow, up, follow up an effort like that? I think you get back to the drawing board. I think that um, when you play well and when you play poorly, it all comes back to what, what your coaches have told you since you were peewee football. Mm-hmm. Be even keel. It's not about your last play. It's about the next one. One if you game got, at a time. Got, one play at a time. One play at a time. If you got knocked down, get back up. It's a 15-round f- prize fight. If you got beat for 14 rounds, you can still knock him out. I mean, all those little punchlines, right? It, it's true. How are you going to prepare mentally coming off a big, big performance or a poor performance to get you ready for that next week is, is incredible. Some people, when they walk in that facility on Monday, they're ready to rock. It's behind them. They've already started preparing for the next week. Don't care about that. Goals, everything's still out in front of us. Others... They come in dragging a little bit. They need right. a little kick in the backside to get going because they're still, oh, my girlfriend thought I played bad. They're mean to me on Twitter. Or, hey, they love me on Twitter because I played so good. I'm going to kick my feet up. This is dangerous. I mean, it's, it's you, you got to figure out a way to be even keel, 
boom, that Kansas State mentality. Don't matter about the logos next. Let's just go get after it. Listen, I saw I, Coach, I saw your face light up with the whole, my girlfriend thought I played well. <laughs> yeah, that could be more dangerous than people just ripping you on Twitter. Right? <laughs> yes, it could. How good you are. Right? Yeah. No, I get it. So we're going to listen. We're going to wrap it up with coaches. And I'm, I'm excited that we have you on here, Coach Sumlin, because this is interesting. And listen, you, you can be as cagey as you want to be, but <laughs> Coach Collins obviously has been let go at Georgia Tech. Yeah. Herb Edwards let go at Arizona State. Um, we only have we got we got we got six minutes, seven minutes to go. First off, we got Nebraska, Georgia Tech, Arizona State. I'll start with you, Trevor, but then I want to get coach's answer. If you got to take one of the if you're taking one of these three jobs, which one are you taking? If I'm taking one of these three jobs today, I'm taking Arizona State, and I don't even think it's close. Okay. And and, and here's why, and I'll be short on this. Georgia Tech, tough place. It it doesn't make sense. Um it's a great city. Yeah. Uh, it's a great state, Georgia, right? Mm-hmm. Atlanta, Georgia. I mean, that Atlanta should be College. an easy place to, to entertain your recruits. It is a very academic school. I get that. that that's tough. That puts up some walls. Um, but the history of how they've played football may be now starting to show and, and has been uh, a detriment to getting real players there. And, and, you know, you talk about the triple option and how it throws defenses for a loop and so on and so forth. Um, and, and But I think for the longest time as they were running the triple option, it is, they're now trying to overcome um, that, that type of recruiting, right? And so wouldn't want to go there. Nebraska, big-time fan base, big-time atmosphere, Midwest, great conference. It, ha- it checks all the boxes. But I think it's an uphill battle right now. I think it's a place that is going to be difficult to turn things around. I still think, and I've been saying this for a decade now, or whenever they fired Bo Pelini, however long that ago that was, they should have never fired Bo Pelini. The guy's winning you nine-plus games every single year. It doesn't make sense. I know you get this plateau and you feel stagnant, but that is impressive to do year in and year out. So Nebraska be tough. Arizona State, hey, also very awesome city. Great student body. Really cool place to play right there, kind of on the side of, of, of a mountain there in, in Phoenix. Um, the, the slate is clean. Come in, get some players around you, go win some football games in a conference that I think is not one of the best in college football right now. That, that would be my choice, Arizona State. All right, so here's what, I'm going to say this. I will say this. I remember when Georgia Tech – listen, I, when I was at UNC, they had Chan Gailey, which means they also had Calvin Johnson. And then, obviously, he was able to get a guy like RIP, but, like, he was able to get Demarius Thomas. Like, those guys were playing there. And I remember growing up, and I grew up – I you guys don't know about this because you, you're not from the Southeast, but we used to have a Jefferson Pilot Raycom game that was <laughs> – you, Coach, you know what I'm talking about? I do. I do. We used to have a, and I used to watch Joe Ham. I, I grew up watching Joe Hamilton. Okay. Georgia Tech, you can get dudes if dudes want to come there. And so it's interesting to me, which is why I want to hear you what, what you think about it, Coach, as someone who, you know, you're in the field and you look at these things and you're evaluating them all. 
Like, what do you give me? You don't have listen. You can be cagey, but I don't have to be. What you think the the, <laughs> the deal is with each one of these jobs? We got we got three minutes left in the show. Yeah. So give me give me what you think about these jobs. I think you know it, it's it, it as hard as it is to believe now instead of. 10, 15 years ago. I think right. out of the three, Nebraska is the worst job. Uh, I okay. think Nebraska has changed uh, since they went to the Big Ten. And yes. the recruiting base is different. Kids in they're the out South, of Texas, they're out of they California. In the South, they don't have, I mean, there's there's nothing, right? So Lincoln, Nebraska, what are, what are you going there for? I mean, it's great tradition, but uh, these guys don't know who Dr. Tom Osborne is or anybody from Nebraska, right? They just don't mm-hmm. know. So that's the third out of the group. I disagree with Trevor. I think, you know, Arizona State, beautiful place. Uh, what's going on there, right? The right guy, you can recruit, you can get guys out there, but and, and playing in a league. To me, to other coaches who, who evaluate these jobs, the best jobs in the country, the best jobs in the country, and this is going to sound crazy, are ACC jobs with SEC players. Mm-hmm. I'll say that again. ACC jobs with SEC players. Okay. What better place in the country? <laughs> it's a job open right now. Is there to do that than Atlanta? What, what city? Right. So, you know, the, the thing that's baffled me is, is Georgia Tech, right? It's, it's a persona, an academic persona from, 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 if you want to win, if you really want to win, there's some concessions that you're going to have to make sure. uh, to, for recruiting. And the right guy, the right guy, doesn't have to run triple option. You don't have to have a 27 on the ACT, right? You, you've got to – that. There's there has to be some sort of – all right, if we're serious about playing football, if we're serious about what we want in recruiting, I'm not saying bend the standards completely, but guess what? You know, you've got to be able to get guys into Georgia Tech and if the right guy's there, I don't care what you say. If the right guy's there from a recruiting standpoint in Atlanta, it's, it's a, it, it can be a gold mine. And the things that you're talking about, spreading it out, I guarantee you, you can get a Joe Hamilton. You can get a, a instead of a 5'9 Joe Hamilton, you can get a 6'4 Joe Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> or some of the guys we talked about earlier in, in, in the broadcast. because. It's, you know, and you're playing in, um, in, in a different league. Does that make sense? Yeah. So those, those guys, you, you can't tell me if the right guy's not there, if the right guy's there, that the recruiting piece, the competitive piece, you, you can be with NC State, right? You yeah. can be with, with, with I mean, why, why leave that place? And then the guys who are out there, as you know, from the East Coast, or, or from Carolina, and if you're going you're gonna to get visits from guys because it's Atlanta. Right. So you you've got to be able to I think it's administratively, you know, the coach has. Hey, what are we doing here with recruiting? What are the what are the standards? Because, you know, is is it is it Georgia Tech, Stanford and Duke? Is that who we are? Not really. Those are private schools. Right. So let's not forget about that. And so, you know, what does that look like around administratively? And so I think. I think with the right guys in there, you don't have to run triple option just because that was successful at one time. Doesn't mean that that's the way to go right now, because last time I checked in the ACC, you better score some points to win games. Well, coach, I think you hit the nail on the head. We're, listen, for Trevor Knight, uh, for 
for Coach Kevin Sumlin, I'm Michael Felder. Folks, we're powered by Bet Rivers. Make sure you check us out on the SiriusXM app. We're out of here. I think that's it. I think we did it. Fill the 12 after dark. Bang.